This episode is sponsored by Boogie Board, makers of award-winning reusable writing and creativity products. Say goodbye to messy whiteboards and expensive computer tablets with these super affordable alternatives, perfect for group or individual activities and exercises, including communication for non-verbal individuals and honing fine motor skills related to writing. Best of all, there is no charging necessary, no special pins or markers, and they're easy to store. I love my smart notebook for taking notes in the office so I can write down echo words during sessions with clients, then zoop, delete it all with a tap for full HIPAA compliance. Boogie Board has extended me an additional 5% off with my code Let's Discuss, which will apply to on top of their current 20% off sale on their smart notebooks for a total of 25% off. Best of all, this code will also get you 5% off everything else on the site. Check out all they have to offer and make your practice the best it can be at myboogieboard.com. Your mental health is your dopest self, but you don't have to tend to it by yourself. Get a tribe, get inspired, and you'll get ahead. Get someone to talk to, don't keep it bottled in. You're beautifully human, you should remember this. So it's okay for you to feel emotions. At times we all need to clear our heads. And when you do, just holler at Therapy by Meg. It's another week and here we are. Hope everyone's doing really well. I'm so excited to be here and have another topic to chat about this week. Um, talking about ways that we can help prevent negative situations from occurring in our relationships. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about, um, I used to work at a program that had this really great curriculum. And I have a number of things that I have continued to kind of pull from um, in my subsequent years as a professional. And one that I was thinking of was um, from John Gottman, which if you're familiar with the Gottman Institute or the training, uh, it's all about couples. So actually, let me look and see. It says that using certain indicators, Gottman and his team are able to predict whether a couple will divorce or separate within the first three minutes. What? What? of observing them with over 96% accuracy. Is that not truly fascinating? It's like the things that we do as humans, the way we interact with each other, they are patterns, they are studyable, they are able to be able to be tracked. And we can say, if you're doing these things and you're not interested in making the change, and I wanna be really clear about that. It's not like, no, you're just doomed. Because if you're just doomed, then what are we doing here, right? If no one's capable of change, you're here because you, I don't want to say like you want to make these major drastic changes in your life, but you'd like to learn more about mental health, right? You'd like to learn ways to have more adaptive coping skills and interactions and more um, useful communication skills. So we're all capable of change if we want to, and you do. So let's go from there. So that's not to say that every person will get a divorce if they're, I'm just saying, I thought that that statistic was pretty interesting. Uh, one of the quotes from John Gottman, relationships which work well lead to healthier people who live longer and stronger, people who can cope better with adversity, their well-being is higher, right? So that's what we're all about. We're all about trying to find ways to help bolster each other, support each other, have our relationships feel supportive, connected. Obviously all relationships are work. We're always going to get angry about something at some point. I can never guarantee you any sort of skill or podcast or therapist or anything is ever going to say 
no more anger ever. And we talked last week about anger um, and it being a secondary emotion, which again, I am open to more interpretation and more conversation. If you think you can just be angry, please let me know. Let's talk about it because I always want to know more. Um, but we talked about how anger can be a result. I'm angry because I feel what? That's what we talk about it being a secondary emotion, right? Like, so we're going to have these instances that cause us to feel hurt, rejected, not listened to, ignored, infantilized, sad, grief, loss, all of that stuff comes into, can, can cause anger. Um, and how we deal with that with our loved ones can be important, right? Um, so recognizing when we're having those feelings, number one, because we are going to have conflict. We are humans and conflict happens. Um, so that's very, very important. Um, so I wanted to talk about something that N. Gottman, he talks about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which I actually would like to present to you today, the five horsemen of the apocalypse. Nobody has called on me and asked me to have this conversation with anybody, but you're here, so go ahead. Um, so I'm gonna give you the four, then we're gonna talk about the fifth that I think can be important. And it's interesting because I wrote this down in, in 2014 when I worked at this place. I was in 2014. I feel like this word is coming in the rhetoric The the kids are using it even. I don't know if they're necessarily using it correctly. Um, but I think as we become more like social media has a lot of positives, it has a lot of negatives, but a lot of positives. And some of that is that we're have more access to education and information. Um, and so people are more aware of some of the things that we're doing, the maladaptive ways that we are dealing with our lives. And uh, so I'm going to get on that fifth one in a little bit. But I thought that was funny because I wrote this down in 2014. And uh, it's it's in the zeitgeist. So the four horsemen of the apocalypse, criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And then my fifth is gaslighting. We'll get there. So um, the importance of these is that we're going to talk about what the definition is. I'm going to give you an example so you can have a real crystal clear idea of what these four horsemen are. And then we're going to talk about what they call the respective antidotes. So we know what they are. Where do we go from here? What am I supposed to do with this information? Yep, I do that. Yep, I do that. Oh, I do that one a lot. Now, where am I supposed to go? So, criticism. When we attack the other's personality by pointing out defects and flaws, right? I mean, you all know what criticism is, right? And there can be positive criticism. This is not talking about that. This is not constructive. This is the negative, right? Um, the examples that I have here are you're too lazy to clean the house. You're so irresponsible. You never do anything that you're supposed to do. I can never trust you. Da, 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 right. So, um, very judgy, very attacking, criticizing, uh, contempt. So this is criticism plus contempt, right? So a step above criticism is contempt. It's tearing down the other person and it's an open i i don't respect you as a human disrespect openly disrespecting you as a human no no gonna tear you down gonna let you know how i feel um i'm superior to you right it is the pinnacle of our own superiority and according to Gottman, the strongest predictor of relationship demise. So, and that's true. I mean, we hear it all the time. We hear people talking about like, I just don't respect that person anymore. Um, and this isn't even just romantic professionally, right? Like it's hard to have a business relationship with someone that you don't respect. And so 
Um, it's hard to be friends with somebody who make choices that are genuinely in some way upsetting to you, right? Um, so the example here, when, while rolling eyes and sneering, you say, you will just never amount to anything because you're so lazy. I can't believe I'm with you, right? So like we've gone from you're too lazy to clean the house to you'll never amount to anything. You're lucky to have me, which I don't know. Everyone is lucky to have you, but not in that tone, right? Like we we already know that we're lucky to have you. And that's that's the difference, right? Not like, girl, okay, you're lucky to have me. That's the difference. Um, so contempt. And again, the strongest predictor of relationship demise. If you're catching yourself saying such things to people, to a person you love, to a person you respect, to a person you work with, whatever your partnership is, this is the strongest predictor. And this is why when they hear people saying stuff like this within the first three minutes of meeting them, they're able to say like, that's going on, that's going downhill. We're going to do some work. Uh, defensiveness. Defensiveness. Y'all know you do it. You know. You know. Often the reaction to criticism, proclaiming innocence or ignorance, whining and making excuses are signs of defensiveness. So rather than, and we're all, we all do this. We all, nobody wants to be told they did something wrong. I get it. I get it. Some of y'all out there like, I am the champion at taking criticism, constructive criticism or otherwise. I'm so good at it. I'm always learning. I'm always growing. I love to learn what I'm doing wrong. Okay. Good for you. Let's bottle some of that and sell it. Make some money. Defensiveness though. Right. Okay. Think about it. The last time a loved one, a coworker, something, somebody, somewhere was like, this is what I need you to do. This is what you didn't do. This is why I need help, whatever it might be. And your reaction, instead of trying to say, yes, I let that slip. I forgot. I did a poor job. You make an excuse of why it's not your fault. And again, this is something I wanted to talk about too. It, I just wish that people would recognize that not everything has to be someone's fault. Sometimes things just don't work out, right? Like sometimes something didn't happen and didn't happen and now we're all in a bad place and we need to come up with a new solution to go somewhere else. Sometimes, yeah, like if you forgot to pick up the dry cleaning, then that is your fault, I guess. But even then, why do I have to be mad at you? You know what I'm saying? Just like, oh, I needed that and you didn't get it. I'm going to choose to not like place blame and point fingers. I'm just going to say like, what can we do in the future to make a change? I, I feel like when we have to have like someone has to be wrong, it has to be somebody's fault. I really feel like that's where we, we really go south guys. So um, the example that I have here, um, you know, oh, I was going to do that, but I got sidetracked. And why are you always yelling at me? Right? Like, so not only am I saying it's not my fault, but then also I'm going to point the finger back at you and blame you because you're always so negative and horrible. Right. Right. Um, so a defensiveness is a real frustrating one when all, especially if you're trying to be solution focused and say like, I need us to start doing these things. What can we do together? How can we be more successful? How can we be more proactive? And the response is, I didn't do that. And it's not my fault. And uh, whatever it may be. Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. Really? Because I told you like six times that it was really important that this happened. No. Um, yeah, I think that one's, uh, I think if we're all honest with each other, we can reflect back on times that we've been defensive. And it's nice to sometimes just say, I don't know, or I didn't do that, or I did it poorly. I didn't do it. I didn't give it my best, or I gave it my best and I need to learn more information because that's, that's all I got for you. Also okay. Um, and then the fourth one from Gottman, 
stonewalling. So when we dislike what is being said, we become the stonewall and give no react. So no reaction. I'm just not going to participate in this conversation with you, even though I can clearly see it's giving you some sort of negative, upset emotion and feeling. I'm going to stonewall you. I'm just going to not participate. Nooch. Right. Um, so even even when I've, I've had conversations with people, even when someone's like, hello, I need to talk to you about this. What's going on? And you just nooch, neutral, silent, closed off, refusing to participate. Um, yeah. Right. Can you think of it? I mean, we're trying to be solution focused here. So I'm not trying to ask you to go into your Rolodex of bad interpersonal relationship conversations, but I am saying like, can you possibly imagine that you might have done this at some point and then let's move forward in a positive way. So, and then for me, I'm adding gaslighting. So it's from a movie, the incomparable Ingrid Bergman called Gaslight in 1944. I have more information about it. I got it off of Wikipedia. Um, a little more information about the, the film just so you have a little more background, but that's just quickly so I can give you a definition. So a form of mental abuse in which false info is presented with the intent of making a victim doubt his or her own memory, perception, and sanity, right? Oh, I never, you never told me to do that. I didn't know I was supposed to do that. No, of course you didn't say that. I would never do something like that. I would never forget. Oh, no, no, no. But you didn't do that. Gaslighting, y'all. And this is not, okay, this is getting misappropriated, my friends, too. Gaslighting is not disagreeing with somebody. Oh, well, you don't agree with me, so you're gaslighting me. No, 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 no. Sometimes it's okay to be disagreed with. I know, I know. Wild to think. Um, how dare anybody never not agree with me? But uh, anybody, how dare anybody not agree with me? But this is intentional. This is me trying to make you question your sanity me trying to make a, oh are you sure you told me that i needed to do i don't think you did even though i know you did and then i'm gonna really really believe let, let you believe that or make you know lean into it so i when i was working at this program i had gone through and done this a handful of times this psychoeducation course because it was in a, a rotating loop of education that everyone would go through because it was a, a long program and um I enjoyed this one. It brought up a lot of really good conversations. A lot of work was being done. A lot of insight into ourselves, being introspective, like when when do I do this? Again, solution focused, like what can I do to make it better in the future? That sort of thing. Um, and I just, I don't know, it just kept coming to me. Again, this was back in 2014. And I was like, that is the fifth horseman of the apocalypse. That's gonna be the title of this. It's like, just kidding, there are five. I don't know, I'll come up with something cuter than that and clever. But anyway, so we know what they are. Now we got to figure out what we're going to do about them because we're solution focused. I've said that eight times in this because it's not about blaming. It's not about pointing fingers. It's about recognizing flawed logic, not the best choices, maladaptive coping and making better ones moving forward. So the antidote for complaint, uh, criticism, complaint instead of attacking state your feelings, right? So the, what we talked about before was if I'm gonna complain about something, instead of saying, criticizing, you're too lazy to clean the house, you're so irresponsible, I'm gonna say how I feel. And I know there's a movie, what's it called, Wanderlust? It's Paul Rudd, Justin Thoreau, 
Jennifer Aniston, sorry, Justin Theroux got thrown in there ahead of Jennifer Aniston, but I was like, oh, that's when she met Justin Theroux, and that's when they got married. Anyway, not that that matters. No one cares. Um, I do love Jennifer Aniston, though, and I do love Paul Rudd. He's from around here, Kansas City. Anyway, enough with the tangents. Um, and they make a scene because they're in couples therapy where they're like, I feel you, da, 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 and I feel, and it's like, if you ever get a chance, go on YouTube and watch it. It's really funny. It's like the worst, just it's the worst depiction of somebody using I feel language. They're like doing it maliciously, which is not the point of I feel language, but it's pretty funny. Anyway, um, so if you watch that and that's what your experience with I feel language is, let's try it again in a different way. Because uh, some of you might be rolling your eyes like, I feel, oh, okay, okay. But it really can be like, it's hard I don't want to say the purpose of it is to make it so someone can't argue with you, but it is hard for somebody to argue with you when you say, when this happens, I feel this way. No, you don't. What? You're telling me I don't feel this way? I do feel this way. I'm telling you that I feel this way. So um, so that's why it's important to say how you feel so people can understand where you're coming from versus you made me feel this way. Well, that's not true because no one can make you feel a certain way, but the actions that occurred, now I feel this way. And what can we do? Again, if you're having conversations with a partner, what again, romantic, whatever, I don't care. And the whole point is my goal is for us to be best friends. My goal is for us to be successful business partners. My goal is for us to get married and whatever. Then that's what we're working toward versus me just coming in and saying, I'm going to criticize you because it makes me feel good about myself to tell you how horrible you are, which that's another cop. That's a conversation about self-esteem. Okay. Let's Discuss is supported by Mom and Bras. With a wide range of bras and bralettes available for chest feeding and pumping, Mom and Deck combines the functionality you need with style and comfort. My favorite is the Do Anything Bra, the perfect bra that supports chest feeding and pumping in one truly lovely and comfortable bra. Visit us.momanda.cc backslash let's discuss and use code let's discuss for 10% off your entire order of $40 or more. Let's discuss is supported by Daily Harvest. It's easy to make fruits and vegetables part of your daily routine with Daily Harvest. Delicious chef-crafted foods delivered to your door and ready in minutes. I'm a busy mama who admittedly doesn't always make getting my daily veggies a priority, so Daily Harvest has taken a lot of that work off my plate. Organic, nourishing, clean foods with no artificial anything, ready to go in minutes, it's really a no-brainer. Use code Let's Discuss at checkout for $40 off your first box. I'm upset because the house isn't being cleaned versus you're so lazy and you're a piece of crap and you don't clean the house. Two very different conversations. Same, same topic being brought up though, right? So not attacking. I'm talking about how I feel. I'm describing the situation as neutral as possible, but not in a stonewalling nooch kind of way, right? Neutral in a different way, um, in a positive way. And then what are we going to do from there? Like, how can we make this to be in a space where we feel mutually supported, that we know what we're talking about, that we're going in together with a goal? Contempt, again. So the opposite of, con or the antidote for, not the opposite, the antidote for contempt would be appreciation and respect. So expressing appreciation in uh, for another, another person in small ways, right? Like, I know you've been working a lot of the example here. I know you've been working a lot of hours. I appreciate it. I just wish we had more time for the house, right? So not like, but, because but negates whatever you said before it. And 
I wish we had more time for the house. Like, I know you're busy. I know I'm busy. What can we do? What can we do to get, again, it's a we, right? Um, and I know some people have like, my husband does the dishwasher and I do the laundry, but not anymore. We've got two kids. So my goodness, God bless. He'll help me fold the laundry. Sometimes, sometimes if I fall asleep on the couch, cause we're watching a movie, <laughs> which the movie doesn't have to be bad. I can just fall asleep on the couch because I'm always exhausted um, because I've got two kids. But anyway, um, sometimes I'll pull out laundry and I'll, I'll like wake up to he, last night. Literally, I woke up to him folding laundry. I was like, take some of that. He's like, no, nah, fine. But he always does, almost always does a dishwasher. Obviously, when he's out of town, I do it myself. But so I understand that there are certain things. But even then, right, recognizing my husband actually came to me and was like, you do so much. Let me help you with the laundry. I know that used like, you know, when we were single, but well, married, but no children, whatever. Then I was always in charge of laundry. I also wasn't doing laundry for four people. I was doing laundry for two. Um, and so I really appreciated him recognizing. I appreciated him giving me back a little bit of me time. And, I, you know, that's that's great. So if you do have something like that set up a system in place, but it's not working, then let's talk about a new goal, a new solution to that. So if you're frustrated because the dishes are never done and your partner's always in charge of dishes, like, is there something else that can be done, right? So also acknowledging, I know you're exhausted. I know you're tired. I know you're busy. I know you've got a big paper due. I know you've got a project. I know you've got whatever it is that's going on. Um, defensiveness. This is a big one. Acknowledging your part. If you're acknowledging what you're doing, it's hard to be defensive. Like if you're saying, I know I needed to do that and I didn't, then it's hard to say I didn't need to do that, right? Right? So taking ownership. Also, acknowledging, like, I know it's both of us. Like, there are certain things in this house. Ooh, there are certain things in this house where it's like, we could do a better job of. We could, right? I think that that's very helpful, too. I don't know. I have to know longitudinal studies on this. But, like, we, right? Like, you're too lazy. You don't get this done. You da 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 And it's like, okay, but, like, what can we do to make a better plan is what I'm thinking, right? I'm not saying it should always fall on the person because we talk, I'm going to do a whole episode on tickering later. Like I know there's one person a lot of times in relationships, especially in parenting, who there's one person who is the bigger tickerer, the person who's just always like, I need this and I need that. And I got to go here and I got to go there and, I gotta, and this, and then that person needs this and they need that. And, da, da, and then that's just always on your brain. Like it's a whole just list ticker tape, right? Like of so I'm not saying that the person who's tickering should be like, and therefore I will just do this myself because you're not going to do it. Well, that's also really maladept. We're not, that's not what I'm encouraging, but I am saying, recognizing that none of us are perfect and we are all just trying to get along in this beautiful world of ours for a while we are here. Okay. So acknowledging your part in the situation is very helpful, helps you to recognize, like, I know I'm not perfect. What could we do differently? What could I do differently in this situation? What do I want that person to do? If I'm willing to show what I'm willing to do, then that person might be more willing to do it because you can't make somebody else do anything, but you can model behaviors that you would like to see and be a, a good, solid partner in that relationship, right? And then stonewalling, again, this one's obvious. You're being a little brat. Stop stonewalling, show interest, right? Show interest, like, or even say like, I'm so frustrated right now. My feelings are really hurt that I really can't talk about this. I'm going to go take 10 minutes. I'm going to get myself in a different space. I'm going to take a lap and drink some water. And then I'm going to be back and we can talk about it. That's fine. I'm not saying like, you have to talk to somebody immediately. What I'm saying is don't just sit there and stare at them stone-faced and think that that's a mature way to deal with the situation. That's what I'm saying. So 
I, I fully, I love the, let's take a minute and breathe. Cause sometimes when we are, we don't take that minute and breathe. We say things we don't mean. Okay. Big fan of that. So indicate that you're listening, nodding along. Uh-huh. Yeah. Saying, saying that verbalizing that you're understanding, right? These are the things that can be very helpful in making sure that you are not participating in the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? And then of course, with, with gaslightings, if you forgot something, take ownership of it, which I guess maybe you could argue like pieces of, well, I don't know. I think the antidote is very similar to all of them, right? Acknowledge your part, show interest, appreciation. Acknowledging your part, right? If you're acknowledging it, you're not trying to lie to make somebody feel like that. Oh, you told me you wanted to pick up the dry cleaning? No, you never told me that, no. Mm-hmm, 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 right? Yes, yes. So, so a moment of reflection, right? So we talk about this little activity that we have. Which two horsemen would you say you struggle with the most in your relationship? You can even like, sit and write these down if you wanted to. Um, kind of like a journal journal entry moment for you. A little homework if you'd like. I'm not giving you homework. You do whatever you want. Just thought, how will you display the antidotes in your relationship, right? Making sure we're trying to change our patterns, right? Recognizing what we can do differently. We talk about start to change those patterns. What feelings and thoughts come to mind when you start thinking of having to change those patterns, right? And then identifying ways that you might want to change those pattern living. So. I mean, if we, what is this saying? We, oh, I'm going to get it wrong, but you're going to get the idea. But there's an actual, I think it's an actual quote. So I should, one day I'm going to have a producer and I'm going to be like, hey, darling, could you please find what that quote was and who said it? That'd be so great. But right now it's just me. So um, we stay the same, wait, we stay the same until the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change. That's kind of it. But you know what I'm saying? So staying the same sucks, not great, not loving it. But the idea of not doing that or changing is harder. So we keep doing the same thing over and over again. And then eventually we get to the space where not changing, the bad thing, the problem is still so bad. So then we have to change. Either the, a person breaks up with us or fires us or leaves in some way, right? They decide they want to terminate our relationship in whatever ma ma manner that is. So we need to figure out a way to get to the space where we feel willing to change, open to change, recognizing what ch change needs, uh, what patterns we need to change, exactly. So I'm gonna give you a little bit of information about Gaslight, the movie, so um, just so you kind of know what it's coming from. So it's a, it's a form of mental abuse. This is from Wikipedia. Um, I probably could have gotten something a little more, uh, a little more academic. I did not. I got it from Wikipedia because again, I printed this out. Look at this. I printed this out on those of you who are on May 14th, 2024. Same information, but it's from Wikipedia, but it's correct. So, um, anywho, um, a form of mental abuse in which false information is presented with the intent of making a victim doubt his or her own memory, perception, insanity. So again, there's a difference between like, I really don't remember you saying that. Like that happens. But then also let's talk about 
what are we going to do to make sure we don't have that happen in the future? So if genuinely one person said something and the other person didn't remember them saying it, so it didn't get done, let's get a new plan in place, changing our patterns. Then I need a new pattern. I need you to send me an email or a text. I'll put it on the calendar. We'll get a shared calendar, whatever. We're going to make a new pattern. But that's not malice. That's not like I'm going to make you feel dumb, right? This is like the simple levels of like, denial that previous abusive uh, so again instances may range simply from the denial by an abuser that previous abusive incidents occurred ever up to staging of bizarre events by the abuser with the intention of disorienting the victim so this actually makes me think of did you all ever see the show happy endings i don't remember the name of the episode either but um i'll try to put it in show notes um also it's just a good show it got canceled i guess it got kind of weird but it was a good show. And they have a whole thing where they're trying to make Damon Wayans Jr. believe that he spent the evening with his wife and his wife's sister when that didn't happen because they were trying to assure everybody that something else didn't happen. That's fully, that's what they're talking about. Staging of, of events. And it's obviously gaslighting is a bad thing, but I don't want to call them abusers. Anyway, the episode, I don't remember what it's called, but Happy Endings is the show. So fully trying to make Damon Wayans Jr believe that he was in a fully different place doing a fully different thing by going through and like anyway it's a whole thing but um but yeah so the play there's a stage play called um gaslight known as angel street in the united states uh, and then they had film adaptations in 1940 and 1944 again ingrid bergman amazing so the plot of this exact movie they are like i do not care about the plot of this movie but i think it's really interesting because it tells us like how it came to be a mental health thing like this is a conversation that we have about mental health now because of this movie because of this film uh the plot concerns a husband who attempts to convince his wife and others she is insane by manipulating small elements of their environment and subsequently insisting that she is mistaken or mistaken or misremembering when she points out these changes so the title stems from the dimming of the house's gas lights which happens when the husband is using the gas lights in the attic while searching there for hidden treasure the wife accurately notices the dimming lights, but the husband insists she is imagining the change. So, right? The whole film about it. Um, there are clinical examples of this, right? And again, actually in this Wikipedia article, this is why I felt like it was okay to use. It, they actually ref, um, reference um, psychologist Martha Stout, um, who studies um, sociopathy. So talk about sociopaths uh, consistently um, transgress social mores, break laws, exploit others, but are also typically charming and convincing liars who consistently deny wrongdoing. So that's like the clinical example of that and people being victimized. Um, and of course, Jacobson and Gottman um, talk about like physically abusive spouses, gaslighting their partners or flatly denying they've ever been violent when they very clearly know. Um, psychologists Gertrude Gass and William C. Nichols use the term um, to describe a dynamic observed in some cases of marital infidelity. Um, uh, Sigmund Freud even talks about um, conduct characterized by gaslighting. Um, there are so many more, if you wanna hear more. I just wanted to give a little bit more in-depth detail to that because I know the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, you can Google that um, with Gottman and you'll find everything about that. But I wanted to share my own little Fifth Horseman there and tell you all about um, why I think that also can be one and it's a very it's a manipulative it's an abusive situation um stop it <laughs> just take ownership for what's going on and it's so hard to do but we're recognizing those patterns and we're talking about how we can do that moving forward in the future so that we can be more productive in our relationships we can feel supported it's so hard 
to be successful in life when we don't feel like we have supportive and loving and trusting relationships. And so when we are doing these things in our relationships, the only thing we can do is take responsibility for our own actions and make sure that we're trying to be solution focused in changing the way we have patterns, the behaviors that we have. So, um, so happy to hear from you all. Got to do my little plug again. If you haven't yet already, please, please, please go subscribe, like, subscribe, give me those five stars. Um, take time to write a little review if you want, but uh, it really helps us to be able to, to get more traction and get more sponsors and um, help keep the show going. Uh, I have a number of really exciting guests coming up. I'm recording one later this week with somebody with a therapist out in Georgia. Um, like I said, I've got my an international guest from, uh, from England coming up. No more spoiler alert hints there, but I'm really excited. Um, got a lot of really interesting topics coming my way. So thank you so much for being here with me. As always, so excited. Be curious, not judgmental. Make it a good one. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Let's Discuss with Meg Duke. I'd love for you to write a review of my podcast on your app. And don't forget to subscribe so you get a notification when new content is posted. Take a moment to leave a rating too. You can follow me at Therapy by Meg on Instagram and find Meg Duke LCSW on Facebook. You can also look for Let's Discuss content by searching the hashtag Let's Discuss with Meg. Let's Discuss with Meg Duke is executive produced by David Presley and produced by Meg Duke. Our theme song was written and performed by Antoine McDuffie.